0: The Raw Rugby Podcast
1: Hello and welcome to episode 43 of The Raw Rugby Podcast on Brett McKay. The Wallabies Autumn Nation Series rolls in Italy this week and it's the decider of the Women's Rugby World Cup and your place for the biggest rugby discussion is theraw.com.au Australia's biggest sporting debate. Wonderful to have Wilgenia back on the pod last week. Such superb insight into the modern scrum half game. And thanks as well to all of you for tuning in for the Instant Reaction pod after the France Test on Sunday morning. Plenty of you had your say on the Raw again too, as you can each week, or you can hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, a man still on Irish time and only just finished demystifying a series of mysterious Dublin pub selfies, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. Top of the morning to you. How's it? Uh. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. Yes. So
2: I must indeed. I must comment for our listeners that Brett is resplendent today in a beautiful sky blue, looks like in a maybe an authentic Italian garb. What very is that it- and where when is it from and what's it all
1: about? Very authentic. This is genuine Italian kappa. It is also genuine. Rugby World Cup 2003, including the road to Sydney, spelt wrong. Mm. And this dates back to when Italy were based in Canberra during 2003 World Cup. Uh, and I have to thank uh, my my mate and colleague, Steve Lenthal, who's been responsible for the, uh, the live blogs on the site of late. He's suddenly becoming my podcast wardrobe, uh, but he produced this gem for me on the weekend, and I couldn't say no, so... But how good? There's a lot of polyester and nylon going on here, though, let me say. <laughs> I, might, I might have to shed this mid-show. Mid it's bloody hot. Uh, so, Maradetto with that in mind. is good. It's, it's a it's, great look, mm, i
2: got to say. The Italians do the beautiful. best, the, best uh, the fine hand of the Italian.
1: It's good kit for 2003, just quietly. It's got a massive collar on it, even by my standards. But very much looking forward to getting into this week's guest, mate. A continuation as well of our kind of working plans for theme pods each week of this spring tour the raw rugby podcast we're back over the ditch to the pods auckland studios again this week where to bring us the italian flavor to the spring tour theme is former italian super 10 lock and stand sport commentator sean maloney hello mate how you going (laughs) 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 Buonasera, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: ragazzi. Uh, Jeez,
1: that takes
0: me back. That takes yeah, me good. back. I, I think I was arguably the worst uh, Italian speaking Aussie ever to have graced <laughs> the shores or the grounds surrounding Venice and up and down the north of Italy. Uh, but it was all in the hand motions, fellas. So as long as you delivered strong hand gestures. Yeah. You were fine. That's all you look, needed. And, look, look, uh, confident. Look, just say it like you mean it. <laughs> I was wrong on a number of occasions, but hey, here we are. Here oh. we are. Allora ragazzi, let's get into it. Under Armour,
1: under armor Let's go. Oh, I love, well, look. I, I wanna you. You're here to give us the, the the Italian part of this tenuous spring tour theme of ours. We've managed to go Scotland. We've 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 went France last week with Will Gennie. We've got Italy for you. Got something lined up for for uh, Ireland next week, so talk to us about playing in, in playing rugby in Italy in the mid two thousands. We're talking, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so it's amazing how quickly time sort of transpires. I was over. I picked up a slot playing over there after a season with Ringarats here in Sydney. So that was 06 and then went straight over there off the back of a season in Oz with a club called Ravigo. So Ravigo was uh, the former club. Uh, Peter Fitzsimons, of course, yeah. everyone knows uh, Fitzy. Uh, Peter Fitzsimons was a Rovigo boy. Uh, Nas Boita, also. Uh, yeah. Rovigo, Rovigo uh, Rosso Ebu. And I think Willio might have been there for a stretch as well. So there were far better players to go through ahead of me. But man, oh man, Rovigo up there. That 20 minutes south of Venice was just epic. So the stronghold... Uh, of rugby at that time i'm assuming it's still the same now is in the north in italy uh our big derby games were against uh Padova or padua which you yep. guys would have seen as the host venue for a number of wallabies tests yep. over the years so that was the big uh the matchup and uh man it was just the best i mean what an experience so yeah good.
1: and and life lessons every day i can imagine so this is we are actually talking professional life well like this isn't like Paper bags of cash, is it? This is genuine. at this Well,
0: point. yeah.
1: I mean, we got paid, <laughs> but I don't know how legit it was. Like you had to,
0: you had to go there at the end of each month, and you get handed your check in an envelope by the club president, and you'd have to. It was like uh, I just watched it the other day, the episode of uh, of Seinfeld, the Soup Nazi episode, where you go in and like, you and you shift along. <laughs> don't push your luck, little man. Um, it was a little bit like that. So <laughs> you get your cash, uh, you'd hope the checks would clear. And they always did. They were they were super people over there in Ravigo and uh, it was professional, but there was still some really strong links to an amateur era. And, still, uh, a, yeah. still a few
1: of these ones? Yeah, gotcha. There <laughs> a few of those ones. I'll,
0: I'll very quickly tell you the story about uh, when my uh, paycheck was literally cut in half, I was late for training again and I was, I was hammering. They gave me this little Renault, uh tiny car, I don't even know how I fit in it. I was flying to training and the cabinieri, the like military police there on the side of the road. And they've seen me and I'm like I am flying along this country, right? I'm honestly doing maybe 160, 170. And <laughs> this road, this road and this car are both not equipped for this setup. <laughs> um, and I see the man step onto the road and he's, he's holding out one of those little wavy things, you know, uh, yeah. And he starts waving at me sort of to slow me down, Stop obviously, policia. for me to fly over, and I just go straight through, <laughs> like I am flying. There's smoke coming off the back of the Renault, a hook, turn into the car park, get there, get into the training session. And when I wrap it up, they're there. And they're there with the club <laughs> president. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> they've got me, like, it was never going to be much of a stretch seeing, you know, this giant in a little Renault with a club sponsor on the side of the car. So they've gone, what are you doing? Like, you're lucky you didn't get machine gunned down. That's normally what they do. And I said, oh, sorry, lost in translation. Australia just means just keep going, but just slow it down a little bit. Um, And they go, okay, yeah, well, that's not really going to work for these blokes. So You've been fine, and I go. Are they going to find me? They go. No, we find you. So my next paycheck was cut in half, and uh, <laughs> and that was that from the Cavanieri fellas. That was it, Harry. I, I, I like the swift justice. I'm just cutting your yeah. pay. <laughs> that money definitely didn't go to the Cavanieri. It went straight to the next player they were trying to sign.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no appeal, oh, no process.
0: Just nah, nah, that's it.
1: No. Nah. Judge me, give me your paycheck. Judge, jury, and executioner right there. Yeah.
2: Did you learn to put a put an egg on top of everything? That's what I get in Italy. Everything you eat, they just drop an egg on top.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the food there, I mean, that was my first ever real taste. So six oh seven, that was my first real uh, sort of dive into coffee I never knew what true coffee was till I got there the pizza the food the beer the Peroni Reds and the other thing that we had there Ooh. in Italy and I'm sure it's still the same now so the Argentinians and Italians have the same passport so there's a lot of transference of players and a lot of Argentinians that would play over there and I was uh, lucky enough to play with Felipe Contopomi's brother, uh, Manuel, And so there was uh, Manuel, there, really gifted player himself, and he's now a host, I think, for ESPN over there in uh, Argentina as well. And what they'd have is they'd have these Argentinian, uh, like, Trasco sort of nights where they'd lay down these incredible long sheets of sort of stainless steel just on the grass. And then um, they'd cook up fires, throw coals down, Uh, little grills over top and I take the most bizarre cuts of meat you've ever seen I've never seen them in a restaurant in Australia since just hunks of cow I don't know where they (laughs) came from and they would just throw like salt on top of salt on top of salt and then grill them for ages and it was just incredible Mm. so that fusion of South America Italy and the rest of it was like just the best. It was it was wonderful over there. Sounds I'm fantastic. ready to eat right now. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. so
1: bloody hungry now. All of a sudden, I know what they're doing. Oh yeah, so hungry, so hungry. Well, <clears throat> we start in the same place each week, mate. You know you know how we how we do this. Um, it's another busy weekend of rugby. What stood out for us?
0: Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go a bit left field here, fellas. I've seen of the best World Cup semi-finals ever at the weekend, Uh, extraordinary stuff from Eden Park, England, Canada, and then New Zealand, France, um, obviously with England and um, New Zealand both going through the big game this weekend. That that was nuts. Like, the footy through this World Cup, I'll I'll preface it and say from the knockout stages onwards, and there's a couple of decent pool games, there's still a massive imbalance in women's rugby at the moment. But once you hit the knockout stage and then... Up through the semis last week, guys. I'm, I'm telling you, like England has scored this draw yeah. on the weekend. The one the uh, Abby Dower name is, she's oh. rapid. I'm going to come defend- to that in
1: just a moment.
0: Yeah, they defended for the 20 phases against yeah. Canada, who were 30 point underdogs. I had a look at the tab start for a kickoff; they were 30 point underdogs yeah. and were threatening to win the game. And then England have scored a try, like a seven stripe from behind their own line. So uh, I know it's not the Wallabies France game, which we will get into, which you guys will deep dive on in a second. But <coughs> fellas, and then uh, so there was that, and then also. Um, I was guarded not to be able to be there, but the Hong Kong sevens and the Aussie men. Yeah, again, we're again, coming we on that too. <laughs> just nuts. So I'll yeah. go with those three. Those three is uh, my lead off. I don't know what you guys have got. Yeah. But, um
1: Well, Harry's I, I love what they did. Harry Harry spent the weekend in Dublin. So come on, that. Let's have it.
0: Oh,
2: man. So many things happen in Dublin.
1: Oh, we haven't uh, got any time for it. Bad luck. Sorry.
2: So, some <laughs> of them will have to stay in Dublin. Uh, now I'll <laughs> say this. There was a moment. It was hushed. I think it was uh, Ireland had a kick to go to 1911. So it's obviously an important moment. Sexton lines it up. He spends two, maybe three minutes thinking about it, tossing some grass in the air, contemplating life, and obviously ticking the, top, uh, the clock down. And just remind one me who was survivor- on the
1: sidelines again? Who wasn't, wasn't a certain <laughs> Matthew Raynell on the sidelines? Yeah, he was.
2: So, <laughs> so there's this <laughs>
0: complete, <laughs> hush.
2: <laughs> complete hush in Nivea, which is a special moment. We have 51,000 plus people completely hushed. And one lone South guy stands up and just in a clear voice says, Kick the ball, you two <laughs> I swear to you, Johnny (laughs) Sexton heard it because he makes the kick and does a little wink and runs away. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic!
1: I love it. That's fantastic. Well, I'm just going to play two clips for mine. Two of the absolute tries of the year within 18 hours of each other. First, Abby Downs, as you just mentioned, Sean, straight into Lalakai Fakatia's try um, against France. Canada
0: blink first, and England will run it from behind their own try line. And there's room as well. Tied bodies in the backfield. Away they come, England. McDonald through the middle. Dreads it. It's on across to the right. The race is on for the line. Right. England from behind their own try line. Don't tell you they're
2: taking it. They can't. They won. They will. Incredible.
0: Mind-blowing at in Eden Park. How
1: about that?
0: Now DuPont looks over the top, and finally taps it back to Ikitao who does beautifully. Campbell and Holloway, and now giving it to the speedster Wright, who runs it out for the 22. Wright, back inside the Campbell, looking for a try to Fiketti. Fiketti is going to score an incredible try! End-to-end, end, the Wallabies go in under the posts. What a Wallaby try!
1: That line of yours, Sean, they, they can't, they won't, they will. I mean, just absolutely incredible. That tribe of Abby Downs, just incredible.
0: You know, so what I was trying to build there was like, it was so, like, it was so fucking ridiculous. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, I've never, and I've seen some games, and I've been in some different corners of the world, and to beat Eden Park and watch your team, as I said, defend that period of time and then spin it the way they did, the passing, yeah. the pace... Like it was, it was so good. And then, uh, uh, Swain's called about France try as well. I know we were talking about it before you hit record, but uh, HJ, like, ha- like, how good was some of those touches? Yeah. Again, like five and 10 from their line. Oh, man. I mean, that's the thing about
2: it. I, I don't even know how you can be commentating some of these matches and then you have to go back and watch it again to see what you just, you know, what you just saw. But, uh, um, and, yeah, and so, what some, and what you just moments. said, yeah. Yeah, like this weekend we had several moments where you really just kind of went, "What just happened?" It was like yeah. rugby world went topsy turvy this week.
1: They, those two will have to be one to try of the year. They're, it's going to take something very, very good to beat those two tries this year. They were. It was can just.
0: You, can, well, can you guys remember a better Wallabies try? I was racking my brain oh. and going, "Excuse me, I was going you along believe- like way back." You know what I happens mean, in those tries, though. It was such a little
2: cluster there, and everything that the Wallabies were doing looked wrong. So it attracted yeah. all the, uh, it attracted yeah. all the French defenders because they were all thinking the same thing: I'm going to pick it off and I'm going to score right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Suddenly, yeah. Tom Wright was running, and you go, "There's no one out
1: there." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Hello. Up, up, up until the French twenty-two, it looked like it could go wrong still, and somehow yeah. it didn't. Let's let's get into into that game. What 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 did we like from from, from France and the Wallabies. And I said on Sunday, Harry, I wrote it on Tuesday, that the Wallabies take more out of that one-point loss to France than they do out of the one-point win over Scotland the week before. Oh, so, Sure, mm. sure.
2: Well, so, I mean, Bernard Foley, we would have liked to have had him in the box uh, in, in Dublin. We would have won the game if we had Bernard Foley. And that's saying something, right? I'm not really the biggest
1: for his, fan.
2: For his but I also want to say something about Bernard Foley. He always looks very sad. Like he looks like um, you know a pilot, and he just learned. He's in the ward. He just learned that a vicar in his little small shire died, and he has his eyes full of tears. He always looks like that, and I think uh, this is what lures people into a false sense of complacency. Like I'm gonna smash that little boy, and he's just crying his way to wonderful rugby. Um, No, for me it was um, interesting because the French only scored two tries. Um, Yes, there was a lot of running going on, but I think. in the end, it was actually a very interesting game because Australia just hung in, hung in, which I think is the Rennie trademark now. They, yes. Dave mm. Rennie has something going on. I don't know if they're a great team yet or a good team or I don't know what the values are right now, but they're not a team you can take lightly. And, and on their day, they took the supposedly the best team in the world with the best player down a notch. Antoine, Antoine Dupont looked as uncomfortable as I've mm. ever seen him in a rugby jersey. And you cannot just say that's uh, a bad day by DuPont. They put him in that bad day. Nick White was unbelievably niggly and interesting and magnificent with his uh, with the chirp, with the, the positioning. He had very good positioning around the rock and around the scrum. And it really was interesting to see Antoine DuPont almost scratch his head at some point mm. and say, "How am, how is he on top? Yeah, I'm wearing him like a cheap mm. suit. Uh, that- I'd love to hear what, what you thought about that, Sean, about how how did Nick White bother DuPont, who has been unbothered, let's just be honest, for two years. No one's bothered him.
0: Mm-hmm. I uh, guess they kind of set that trend early on, didn't they? He, he hustled him around the corner when one of those really – Early yeah. involvement. So, just first, can't remember if it was off the ruck or the scrum, was it? First, first. first scrum
1: of the game, maybe?
0: Yes, he was. And he was in and yeah. he was around the corner slapping and um, batting away at him. So, he, he was terrific. And as you rightly touch on, Age Shay's one of the best players in the world. And uh, if you can sort of nip that, then that restricts a lot of what they do out wide. So, there was that. Uh, super impressed with Nick Frost, who I oh, think yeah. he continues on that same trajectory has the makeup to be one of like a, a really impressive top-line yeah. international second round for a long, long while to come. He was great. Bobby Balatini, apart from the kicking. He was every <laughs> car- every single carry. He was whacking blokes. Yeah. Every time he checked guys, he was sitting them down. So I thought those two were really good. Loving Jock Campbell at the back. And Bernard Foley, as you touch on, um, Harry, I don't understand why he was taken off at the back end. I would have left a mm-hmm. man with his experience on the field. It's still a relatively, you know, inexperienced grouping. Jake had just come on and, and I just I just would have left him out there, you know. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that Hodgy adds a long-range kicking threat, but maybe take Jock off and put... On it I just want to left... Uh, I want to, it's easy in hindsight, but I just think Bernard Foley needed to be on there for the back yeah. end just for his experience and calmness alone.
1: Harry, you, you've touched on it, and, and I'll be interested to see what you both think. Is Are we not giving, or are the Wallabies not getting enough credit for putting France under as much pressure as they did? So this is, and I, again, I wrote, wrote it on Tuesday. The Wallabies still missed 28 tackles. They still conceded nine or 10 turnovers. They still lost. Like, they'd lost eight breakdown pilfers, yet they nearly beat France at the Stade de France in Paris, where they haven't lost since March 20- last year.
0: Mm.
2: No, no, it's really important. You know, what, what was all the lead up? I mean, for, for months, we've heard. It was, heard that the it France, was how France much are, are going to win by? The most physical team, they said. And for the Wallabies, like, they just think, we just played the Springboks twice. I mean, this was not as physical as that. Then the lead-up was the the best player in the world, Superlatives, uh, Aldrich, who is amazing, by the way, Mm. and Dupont. But so the Wallabies have just played the All Blacks. Do they have some people that are superlative? Yes, they do. So I think the Wallabies came in battle-hardened and the French came in undercooked. The French have been playing, I'm sorry, but they have not been playing (laughs) incredible teams and winning the sort of like the accolades they have you have to actually do it first. So let's see yeah. if they can hold up. Um, they've been playing Northern Hemisphere and a very light Japan uh, yeah. tour they had. So mm. I, I felt like the Wallabies were just battle hard and they had been yeah. in some really difficult yeah. situations in Sydney and in Wellington. I mean, yeah. in Auckland. So,
1: yeah. And that's entirely valid, Sean. Like for all for all the combinations, for all the, the Toulouse combinations, for all the Toulon combinations through that France team, this was their first hit out in the blue jersey since July. So they're obviously going to be a bit rusty.
0: We're just going to lead on that exact point. We saw Wales uh, get smoked. Obviously, a lot of ring rust there. Ireland won. Hey, as you know, as you were there, sideline drinking 12 Guinnesses to (laughs) get in and around. But they weren't at their Imperial World best form, according to the rankings. Uh, Scotland uh, a week earlier in their first hit out. So each of those teams with their first run. England losing to Argentina. As yes. well, rust. There's rust. There was rust all through the northern hemisphere from uh, their team. So uh, it's a great point that you both make, and yeah. I do agree that the Wallabies will we sort of take a lot out of that. You know what? Long term, two, th- even six months from now, we probably won't be thinking too much about the result on the weekend because it's gone against us. But if they're taking stuff out of that, that puts me in better shape for the same ground in a World Cup semi next year where Bobby V goes, actually, maybe I won't kick it, um, you know, 10 metres over the (laughs) top of forwards that can't then chase with a little (laughs) sidewinder hit um, and instead trucks it up and that, you know, they win as a result, then I'm. That's 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 our dream result, and I think that could potentially yeah. happen.
1: I, I mentioned on Sunday morning, Sean. It was it was like he had a, a flashback to that that Super Rugby try he scored yes. earlier this yes. year. It was a very similar position to kick that that ball from. The Wallabies will play France in a pre World mm. Cup game in Marseille mid August next year. So yeah, they've they've got so many lessons for that for that little game plan already. It's 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 going to be it's going to be a really really uh, important hit out. What what do we now look forward to to Italy, Sean? What are you, what are you hoping to see this week? What do you think the Wallabies can take forward?
0: I'll be intrigued to see what he does in terms, what yeah. Dave Reddy
1: does in terms of selections and that kind of thing. We we know Jake Gordon starting, mate. Sorry, and uh, we know that Alan Alaloe, Tom Banks are available for selection again. Um, but we've also got seven guys who haven't played a match, haven't played a minute on tour yet. So. We'd want to see some of them, and you were you were saying you, you want to see you want to see a good a good winning result.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's got to be double digits because Italy didn't have it out last week, did they? So they're going to encounter they, some of those same issues. They, didn't did. They? they
1: did. They did. They actually beat. They had Samoa. a big, win, say- big win over Samoa. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Gotcha.
1: And
2: yeah. the danger man, the danger man for Italy is Paolo Garbisi, uh, mm. number ten. He's actually a very good number ten. I think he was in uh, several teams of the week um, for his display. So I would say it'll be an interesting matchup for, for Australia. Mm. Italy would probably view this as a very big game, right? So the, you, you might really have mm. you know, a lot of fanfare about it. And the Wallabies are probably not checked in on this game very much. It could be one of those... Slips, you know, because yeah, you know, it, that that French thing it would be a little bit of a hangover. That there would be either you know some kind of excitement that it was so close, but also some hanging in the head of like, oh, we could have won, we could have beaten the French yeah. in Paris.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: then you have you know little Italy comes along. So yeah, maybe it's a matter of I. I'll say this for the Wallabies all season: start well yep. again, come so come exciting. out first twenty minutes, first thirty minutes don't shit yep. the bed and um and then you know build some you know a normal lead maybe and then yeah. take it home and, and develop the closing out the game skills which i think is what the wallabies are probably i'm sure dave Rennie knows this laurie fisher how do you take a game in the final 10 5 2 minutes and just almost play that in practice like let's play let's pretend it's two minutes yeah. to go what let's do we pre- do
1: Let's pretend it's the 83rd minute. Let's pretend it's the 84th minute. Yeah. How do we shut this yeah. game down yeah. when we don't have yeah. the ball? Yeah. 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 Simple old game, rugby, Sean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Maybe, maybe don't, you know, try and run it with no one in the midfield 30 seconds before half time and then yeah. concede oh. the a yeah. try. Yeah. 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 So they oh, don't throw a pass
1: oh, behind that
2: anyone. That's throwing me crazy. The whole bar in Dublin erupted oh. with, like, no. Oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Then, no, no. yeah. As much as I'm almost um sick of hearing about your trip to Dublin, Harry, do you want to do we do we need to touch on Ireland South Africa a, a little bit more? It's um Johnny Sexton certainly looked like he was uh what's the way uh taking a few liberties with the shot clock at goal late in that game?
2: <laughs> hey, he's a maestro, he's 38. He's, he's entitled to take a have a tea on the way to kicking. I always expected the guy to come on and bring the tea and a, uh, bring on the tea and some tea.
1: And a biscuit.
2: So Sexton's the kind of guy where you, you watch a game live. One thing that's a, that's a joy is to actually see ball flight. For, for example, like yeah. you, I, I could recognize a ball kicked by Johnny Sexton just from watching the ball. He has an end yeah. on end, end over end, backspin to it and he never goes for the full kick he's always doing kind of a three quarters you yeah know, he's got a great kick on him so that was fun to watch i mean and he's looking general
1: timing he's timing so crisp there's a real so good to the ball isn't but there? um
2: you know and also when you're there you see how much he organizes the background all the time they talk a lot the irish are the most talkative team in world rugby they are it's almost like in the women's world cup you can hear a lot of talking we, I don't know exactly why, but in the Irish play like that too. They're always talking to each other, and they're always connected. They drill like that. Um, The Irish have been scoring a lot of points and lots of tries. So it's been a long time since they were held to only two tries. They only they had a lot less meters than than the box um, on the same number of runs. They kicked more. Uh, They looked uncomfortable as well. You know, you looked at the heat chart of plays to the right. 14 from uh, Murray and and. uh, 12 by um, Jameson Gibson Parker, they went nowhere. They went nowhere mm-hmm. up my pimpy side. They did try, Curtly Arendt's on the right, and that's the two tries that got scored. But they were also very scrappy tries. I mean, a lot of things had to go right. A ball kicked out of the rock, uh, which possibly was illegally. <laughs> and then, you know, it's almost out of yeah. bounds and, and they come back around. So I do think that Ireland would say, wow, we're less than 20 at home. That probably wasn't great. That's a pool B preview of how the box can play but probably the box will bring a kicker next time. Um, you know, the Springboks have had Nas Wurte and Mornay Steyn criticized for having just a specialist kicker. And we rock up there and literally, unless the ball was 14 meters right in front, there was never going to be a kick. Uh, we were all begging in the stands, could we just, you know, Rasi put me on, I can make that kick. <laughs> and it was, it was embarrassing to me in the top tier test and there's no kicker. Um, so I would say 1916 definitely a, a the score line fit the the match. So I'm not saying anything about that. Uh, yeah. It's a good win by Ireland, and and they proved they can take a a bully team and and survive it. Yeah. But I, I would think that that we the box would say, okay, we can win that match in a yeah. in a World Cup. Yeah. yeah,
1: you'd reckon they play that again next week. They'd be they'd be confident they can win that.
2: Yeah, it looked like Ireland was hanging on. Like if they'd played five more minutes, it would have yeah. been. Would have
1: been trouble. So England, England, Argentina was the other one that stood out for us on the weekend, Sean. And I mean, how's how's Michael Checker going this year? He's beaten New Zealand. <laughs> he's beaten Australia. He's beaten England at Twickenham. I mean,
0: finally got one past Eddie Jones. Yeah, good. Yeah, coming off the back of looking after him to,
1: uh, rugby a rugby league. There, there's a great image. Uh, well, and, and and I I've undersold that. All whilst leading Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup as well. It's 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 quite incredible. I don't know how he how he operates so busy so so all the time and and he he has done that for years but there's a great picture of him post-match on the field with the argentinian players and we've used the image on the raw a couple of times already this week and it's just such a the joy in czech's face and the warmth from the los pumas players toward him for what he's given them to beat england at twickers is it's just one of the great rugby images of this year already
0: I wonder how it works out. So, obviously, Eddie Jones is holding stuff back for the World Cup. He's been yeah. open about the fact that they're not flipping over each and every one of their cards. But if you're going to go the way Argentina are and go, you know what, we're just going to go berserk every week for as long as we can until we get to the World Cup, and then we'll go even more berserk when yeah. we get there. I wonder which of the two has more cut through or more of a result yeah. at the back end. What do you guys Good think? question. That's oh, a good not, question. I always,
2: yeah. I always thought so- Cheka was a psychological coach, you know, that he, he's somewhat bored by the X's and O's. And when you get too deep into the technique, he's like, eh, whatever. I want my guys to run through a wall. So you got like Marcos Kremer, who's a perfect Cheka player, you know, yeah. just, just a blunt force of aggro. And he looks like some sort of strange creation in a lab. Um, <laughs> I think what Cheka is doing is getting them all to believe and in Czechism, uh, you know, it's like a religion. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, only, it only sustained you for about a, two years, three years, and then people sour mm-hmm. on it, they leave. They wanna get out of the cult. But I mean, right now they look like they're all into it. Uh, what a weird thing too, they only built 36 rocks. How do you build thirty-six rucks and score thirty points at Twickenham? It's just bizarre. Um,
0: and and what about um and what about because you got the stats there with you, mate? England only made what sixty odd tackles. It was some ridiculously low yeah. amount <laughs> of tackles that they had to make. Not even
2: they. Yeah, they they they, they had to make less than sixty tackles. So it's so a very strange. You know, I don't know if chekhov has got that by design, but he's definitely uh, phases in the red zone. I mean, four. That's all so, they had. Boom, so
1: here's, yeah. here's where I admit that I've seen the three minute highlights reel and that's all. Was there was there 150 kicks in this game? <laughs>
2: uh, no, actually, probably. So England England probably should have kicked more than they did. What, what England did, Brett, is they they camped out. They had 29 phases in the red zone and got almost nothing from it um they they ran 430 meters and you it was like the least eventful 430 meters ever um they they beat defenders they had clean breaks i mean england did develop a lot of opportunities but argentina hung on hung on like they have through the rugby championship and in the end england didn't have that special magic that the old blacks have yeah Mm.
1: yeah right yeah uh hell of a result (laughs) <laughs> the, the, other thing,
2: the other thing about England though Is that you look at the stats of what they play off Play of 9, 10 or 12 England played 20% off 12 And 60% off 9 Almost nothing for Marcus Smith You look at you know most teams yeah. coming through 9 and 10 So you, again yeah. you have this Farrell and Youngs Are squeezing out the young kid And yeah. then England's wondering why, why don't we score tries Well yeah. what if you let Marcus Smith play like Marcus Smith
1: mm. <laughs> Some really interesting games coming up this weekend in round two of the uh, Autumn Nations series. Uh, It's Italy-Australia in Florence. That's midnight Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Ireland-Fiji at the Aviva is the same time. That's followed by England-Japan at Twickers at 2.15 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Wales-Argentina at Cardiff at 4.30 a.m., France, South Africa, and Marseille will be a brilliant game. We've got no doubt at all. That's at 7 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday morning. Scotland, New Zealand at Murray Field is 1.15. Australian Eastern Daylight Time Monday morning uh, for us. So check your guys wherever you are uh, around the rugby world. It's going to be another brilliant weekend.
0: Rugby on the Roar.
1: Shawnee, you touched on it uh, before, uh, the, the Australian men's sevens um, had a, a fantastic moment in Hong Kong, and, and, and here is that moment full-time when they realise they've, they've done it.
0: That's the final whistle, and Australia
1: are Hong Kong Sevens champions for the first time in 34 years.
0: Incredible. They have beaten the double Olympic champions, the World Cup champions, the five time straight winners here. Absolutely extraordinary. The Aussie Sevens have reached the mountaintop of rugby sevens.
1: It's been over 1300 days since we have seen sevens here in Hong Kong. The spiritual home has got some new rugby disciples, and they're wearing gold. What magical scenes here in Hong Kong? again, that line there's there's new there's new rugby heroes in Hong Kong and they're wearing gold. It's you know 1988 was the last time they won it. Michael Liner played David Campese played, Tim Gavin played. there's a couple of names I'm missing out there as well. it's it's a hell of a year that these Aussie men's side have had and they weren't supposed to have won much at all this year. this was this was a year of downscaling. they've They've only got about six blokes on full-time contracts.
0: It's it's nuts. Like it is insane. We've seen the women be the benchmark for so long now, and mm. and they're cashing in the way that they should. But honestly, like these guys are self-described misfits, you know. Yeah. And the way yeah. they call themselves Cincinnati, the weirdos, the weirdos, the misfits. <laughs> they are, you know. Henry Hutchison, bless him, uh, had one of his best tournaments ever, and he's played well over fifty. Now has uh, little King Henry, uh, massive weirdo. A you know, strange dude, supremely <laughs> talented footballer, champion guy, weirdo. Uh, and so to see him getting success alongside Moose and the rest of them, just terrific. Uh, Maurice Longbottom, sublime to put away Fiji trailing like they did. Uh, Fiji and Hong Kong Sevens, uh, Forest Gump, Peas and Carrots, truly like they've, yeah, won, they've won 37 or 38 games. Well, you need six a week, you need to win six a weekend to go through and win the whole thing. So I think they were six years running. So yeah, it was nuts. Whatever it was, it was well over 30. They won straight games in Hong Kong and the Aussies came back from 12 down after coming from behind uh, by plenty against Ireland and after and winning an extra time in extra time against France. It was just it was make-believe rugby, and I'm so yeah. happy for those guys because they are a supremely uh, gifted and good bunch
1: of blokes, yeah. and I can't wait to see them next up in Dubai. Uh, Harry, we won't be able to do justice for this, but Hong Kong Sevens for me has always been a, a bucket list item, just one of those things in rugby you would love to do, and we can have our little say now, and then Sean is going to tell us why it's all of that plus some. <laughs>
2: I was, I was actually wondering, Sean, what's uh, what's it like what's the difference in commentating sevens and fifteens? Uh and do you approach it differently uh, uh you know
0: on on
1: comms? So so different. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, i tell
0: you what the difference <laughs> is, is um I've never commentated a game of 15s having got home at six in the morning. Uh,
2: like
0: <laughs> I <like, like, laughs> did. <dude. laughs> Three days straight in Hong Kong. I can't remember even if I told you guys the last time I was on where I was doing a qualifier gamma there in Hong Kong. Like We had these long days. It was Madagascar v Sri Lanka. And I called the wrong teams for a whole half. Like I was saying, Madagascar going in, but it was actually Sri Lanka. So I had my brain had confused the entire outfits. And, you know, it took a to half time till that got corrected. I've called games that I can't even remember calling them uh that's the difference mate i remember most of the 15s games i've commentated hong kong sevens forget about it if you it's can survive that weekend yeah. you can survive anything actually george Gre- george gregan used to always tell me like the f- first one i went to Gregs had done it many times with corporate hostro and that sort of stuff and he said mate you're gonna ride the dragon this weekend be careful you know if you put yourself in the right <laughs> spot you won't get burnt too bad he goes when what flight have you got booked out? And I said, leaving Hong Kong. I was like, oh, mate, Monday afternoon. He goes, rookie mistake, mate. The Dragon will get you on the Sunday night. Rookie mistake. Next year, don't do that. So I was like, okay. So the next year I booked a 6 a.m. out. Uh Sorry, a 6 p.m. out or whatever it was, to leave the Sunday night. Uh, missed the flight entirely, you know. So... <laughs> So, so Greg's kind of got it right, kind of got it wrong. He used to refer to it also as the vortex. He said you just get swept up in it and you get lost, and that's the way it was. I don't know if it's the same then that now, though, guys. With um, you know, the stronger political influences yeah. of China and COVID, I know it was. I know the teams were heavily tested over there this year and that uh, they try to separate the fans and that kind of thing. But man, oh, man, like Hong Kong Sevens was just, it was it was otherworldly is the best way of describing it.
1: It, it used to be, um, it, don't, don't, don't mind me, the polyester and the nylon has got to come off. It's just it's getting yeah, too, too hot hard. here in the office. Uh used to be in April. Mate, it's a yeah, different so, so, year,
0: so, mate, it? but, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll go back there again. So they're trying yeah, to right. um, catch up after COVID stuff, everything. Yeah. So they started mm. this series with Hong Kong and they'll finish it as well. They'll be the rightful bookmarks.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Great. Um, you're busy this weekend, Sean. Women's Rugby World Cup final. What's an experience that been and knowing that you're about oh. to call your second World Cup final?
0: Uh, actually, do you know what? Uh, rightly, they've got uh, Steve Jamison at World Rugby. He's got Ricky Swanell doing the final. Oh, this fantastic. Weekend, alongside she's, she's Rachel great. Burford. She's terrific. Man, she's she's great, such a... Polish broadcaster, she can yeah. do anything. So she's rightly doing the final, which is um, the way sh- I, I firmly believe that's the way it should be anyway. And then on top of that, Ricky's just one of the yeah. best. So, uh, so here's Ricky, a, here's a with- quick
1: Ricky Swannel story for you, mate. 20, 2015 Sydney Bledisloe. Ricky's down the sideline in Sydney for Radio Sport in New Zealand. I'm a yes. meter away for her for the ABC. And late in the game, Nenny Miller Scudder gets gets tackled over the sideline and as he's sort of getting to stand up, one of the wallabies has just ripped his shorts down and we're standing there, I don't know, not even a metre away from the bare ass of Neymar Milner scudder and we just looked at each other, with horrified. horrified, what have we just seen? Post, post-match, we went our separate ways interviewing players and all that. Every now and again, randomly for the, la- for the, for the last seven years, we just remind each other on Twitter of the night we saw many more of Nehemil and Scudder's ass than we wanted to.
0: Knowing Ricky like would, I do, she wouldn't have minded that one little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she would have said, Stay right there,
1: Nehem. So, uh, <laughs> no, she'll,
0: she'll, do the, um, she'll do the game. I'll do bronze medal. I've got Canada, France, which I'm oh, hoping fantastic. will be uh, as good as the semis. It's been a long, fellas. It's been a long. Six or seven weeks because yeah. obviously, now, um, rightly, I was actually speaking to Emily Scarrett, who's one of the best uh, footballers in the world, the other day, and she said it just made such a difference for them being able to space out uh, over a full week, like the men do, uh, yes. just get their bodies right, and then they can come up and time their runs correctly. Whereas previously, it'll be sort of jammed into these condensed yeah. tournaments, they're, they're doing it like the men. Uh, have done it and we're seeing the results at the back yeah. end because as I said, the quality, especially through the knockouts, has been sensational. Yeah,
1: yeah. the skill levels, Harry, has been absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And you've, we've definitely felt a lift since we've got into the knockout stage, no doubt. I tell you what, yeah, guys. A, there's,
0: um, there's, sorry, sorry, Harry. I was just, I'll just quickly say, and then I'll let you jump in, mate, because I know you will all seen a bunch of the Wallaroos. When I line up what those teams who live in the semis at the weekend – the Wallaroos aren't that far away. Like yeah, if, true. If they get more game time together, because Canada are amateur, right? So Canada are amateur, and they pushed England all the way at the weekend. Mm. Could easily have come out of that game as winners. And I think I just think there's like there's depth there, and there's a framework there inside that Wallaroos uh, team and squad at the moment. Uh, three years out now, obviously from uh, France twenty twenty. Oh, sorry, England twenty twenty five for the Women's World Cup. They could go deep. They mm. really could. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And I think the inroad
2: there is kicking. If, if the Wallaroos yeah, can develop yeah. a bit of a kicking game, I think yeah. they're right there. I mean, they're already right there. Just Their line-out's great. Uh, Set-piece is good. They have some one-on-one players, the Wallaroos do, that are actually just as good as anyone else, maybe yeah. top five. Some I'm just, great you know, finishes I can, out wide. Yeah, I can mm. beat, beat you in space stuff. Uh, but you know, I do like the fact that the Women's World Cup has the two best teams in the final. I mean, when's the yeah. when's the last mm. time you had that in the men's side, it's yeah, yeah it's a weird true. draw thing. You end up having you know one versus three, one versus four all the time. I would love that to have a World Cup where you had you know whoever mm. was genuinely viewed as one and two. So this is a this is a must watch. Uh, I thought the the cup came alive in the semis because there had not yeah. been any upsets up to that point. Mm. And suddenly, in the semis, any one of those teams could have won on the day, yeah. So that was it. And, and Canada had such a good pack, by the way. The number eight, oh. you know, Sophie the, the Hood, whatever. The, yeah. She is such a good player, one of the best players. Yeah, of
0: Sophie the Goody, she's yeah. amazing. Uh, Sheen Grace and a bunch of the others are really well classed. And it's going to be a proper sellout this weekend as well. Fellas, I was going to so, ask you that wasn't that, you know when, you the sellout? Know they, Oh, you know, you guys would know very well that you know there's a sellout and there's yes, yeah. sellout. And yeah. this weekend. This weekend is a sellout. <laughs> it is going to be hard. Yeah, Bums, yeah. bums in seats. They've, yeah. they've actually,
1: have actually sold every seat. It's not just a sellout of the forty thousand seats that we've made available. It's actually that's every right. Season. Yeah. Um, and they
0: had huge rating numbers over here for the final. Yes, the that. game pulled in more than the Bledisloe. So, uh, that's it's huge. It, it's been long, but it's been awesome to be a part of, and that rounds out my. Uh, World Cup quadrilla now. There's nothing left
1: to tick. Twenties, women's sevens, and men's. I oh, just just go out on top, mate. Thumbs up. Yeah, done. Tell tell me, what's it like for you watching the Wallabies these last two weekends um, and and not calling it? And, and what sort of a what sort <laughs> of a casual viewer are you? Uh,
0: do you know what? I've been so happy to hear Swaney calling those yeah. games because. I never got a chance to call a Wallabies game when I was at Fox. Never was presented that opportunity. And the way that the cards have fallen uh, now to enable Swaney, who was ready made to call test rugby has been awesome. So it was, mate, that that game, the Scotland game, do you know what? Not much changes. Like I was screaming at the TV through (laughs) the back end of that Scotland game. And then again on the weekend, like you just, it's impossible not to get heavily invested in it. So I was gutted for him. You know, I ride it with him again, even when you're not calling it. So it's been uh, it's been tough to uh, watch it from afar. Uh, but yeah. I, as I said, man, I'm just so happy and so proud of Swanee, who's done a, a super job stepping in there and he'll do it again this weekend. Yeah. obviously looked after you leave this weekend.
1: And it's meant—it's meant so much to him. It's been—that's been really, really clear um, in the way he's called it, but the way he's celebrated each each week himself on on the social We, sort of we call—we
0: you know, got—we call him Roby Flanders. He's Roby Flanders. <laughs> like, I love it. Nothing is ever nothing. Honestly, his team could be beaten by eighty points and deliver. The most pathetic in a peppered, <laughs> disgraceful performance in the history of whatever club that Swanee's supporting. And who go, It's okay, guys, made a couple of good tackles, and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you won a, you won a few yeah.
1: lineouts, and everything's going to be okay, yeah, yeah. And seven, go, okay, seven quick tries, and you're right in this. <laughs> yep, yep, there's still a chance. Uh, no, uh, no, Fantastic. So that's that's that's
0: rugby right Flanders, and uh, you'll hear him, I think, Morgs is back this week as well, and I'm not sure who's tagging in with them. They're tough. But those 1am kickoffs are brutal, though.
1: Is it 12 oh, or yeah. 1? Uh, midnight, I believe. Light. Yeah, midnight. Yeah, Mid- midnight in front of the screen in the studio.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, just quickly before you let me go, how's yeah. Will Guinea going as Oh, great. Under.
1: Yeah, great. And we've been Light. We've been lucky enough to speak to him, what, three times now, I think, Harry? and each time i reckon he just gives us a little bit more and a little bit more last week was just i mean we called it a scrum half masterclass and it was just brilliant to sit back and it was great his
2: writing is getting better too he's yeah. like turning yeah. into like yeah. a solid like really good writer
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before yeah, we was you... say he articulates things really well, makes them easy to understand, and he's a good dude too. I like yeah. that he doesn't take himself too yeah. seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. very much. That's certainly come through. Uh, before we do let you go, mate. Um, we we have to finish up each we are finishing up each each week uh of this um this spring tour. Harry's embarked on um uh, the not the not you know undifficult task if that's a word that i can use there of picking a team of the week each week oh. and and his first couple of teams have actually been pretty good i have to say and so again harry to to remind you of what you've picked this week you've thank you <laughs> you've gone you've, <laughs> you've gone uh from
0: was it from, was this after his 12 12 points of guinness <laughs> or yeah during
1: yeah during, during. Yeah, <laughs> during. It's, it's surprisingly light on Springboks, I must say. Uh, from the back, you've gone Thomas Ramos, Damien uh Matthias Moroni, Jonathan Dunti, Emilio Boffelli, Johnny Sexton, Aaron Smith, the backs, then Ardi Savia, Josh van der Fleer, uh Marcus Kremer, James Ryan, Eben Etzebeth, Taniella Tupo, Dan Sheehan, and James Slipper, uh, as you run on side. Cody Taylor, Tyra Lomax, Ethan De Groot, uh, Dalton Papali'i, Franco Mostet, Gonzalo Bertrano, Richie Mowanga, uh, and uh, Jordie Barrett. The bench coach of the round, Michael Checker, is a good shout too. So, again, same questions last week. Are you still sticking with those? Is that 23 a couple of days after the event?
2: Yeah, there were some tough ones. You know, there yeah, were some really, good really really, good play out there from several positions, but uh, no, nah, it wasn't that hard in the backs. I think the forwards were tough. There were a lot of good forward play. Yeah. A lot of a lot of excellent locks uh, this week. Yes, yeah, Rich,
1: yeah. Richie
2: Gray. Richie Gray was back for Scotland and he looked amazing. Yeah,
1: a lot of good yeah. number number yeah. eight performances too. Sean, across the across the oh, world this weekend. So good. Yeah. How does Bobby V
0: not get a start in that team? <laughs> you got to watch that. You got to watch that game back and watch how many Frenchmen who like. Who saw their lives flashing? See, this, right this is what happens. Their,
2: yeah, just yeah. Trying, every people, people. Every time you pick a team of the week, there's always one guy. Go like go. How did you not see this person? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Greg,
2: Greg Aldrich looked pretty good too.
0: Yeah, he, he, yeah. you're right, mate. He's uh, he's a he's a terrific footballer. I think, uh, I think yeah. he's the best he's player in right. the
2: French team. I actually think he's better. I mean, he's he's the most consistent uh player in the French team for me, Aldrich. And, I love him.
1: And yeah. yet as 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 soon as you put it out of the weekend, I still saw, I'm sure I still saw a comment that just said too many tars. <laughs> <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs> every week without fail uh, Shorty it's been it's been fantastic to have you back on, um, on it. it's a busy time for you over there in, in New Zealand uh, call it's actually well not a weekend. busy time I could, oh, I could okay. sit on
0: here for another two hours um, <laughs> yeah, this but has I'm... been a welcome distraction and I've really enjoyed <laughs> speaking to other humans who like rugby and who are good humans
1: as well uh, you, you're, t- you're too kind, mate. We will definitely have you back on uh, next year when we get back all into the swing of it. Um, call well this weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Love you, work boys. Cheers, showing The roar. Harry, fantastic again to uh, to catch up with with Sean Maloney. He's been doing a fantastic job uh, over there in New Zealand during the World Cup, um, and uh, nearly as many red wines during our podcast recording as you had Guinnesses on. Sunday morning for the instant reaction.
2: <laughs> uh, that boy makes me giggle. He's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Can confirm. Well, well worth a night out. Uh, ordination series week two. Again, just going over those games. Italy v. Australia in Florence. Uh, Ireland v. Fiji in Dublin at the same time. Uh, England, Japan following that. At Twickenham followed again by Wales, Argentina and Cardiff. France v. South Africa in Marseille uh, on Sunday morning. Our time is going to be an absolute <laughs> ripper. That will be a ripper. Uh, and then Scotland, New Zealand uh, at Murrayfield Monday morning, our time. The Women's Rugby World Cup final is Saturday night at Eden Park, uh, 7.30 local time, 5.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. The number two seeded New Zealand Black Ferns will face the England Red Roses, the number one seed. And you're right, mate. It is great to have one v two in a world cup final
2: yeah there's got to be a way to do that better than our i don't know our draw that's two or three years before the cup is silly i've studied this actually and heard all the excuses but there's no real reason for it i mean yeah. the world cup and the soccer world cup which has a lot more fans to move around uh does it easily six months yeah. before and you can I, still make travel plans it's fine
1: yeah i i don't I, this debate has been had for as long as world cups have been going i'm sure but you surely don't need to finalize pools two years out that's no. that's crazy that makes no sense a uh, little bit of news on the signing front mate dan biggar welsh international and captain will join toulon after the automation series with northampton issuing a statement last week advising he was leading with immediate effect um And a little bit of talk as well that um, Japanese boom-back rower Kazuki Himenor has been linked to Toulouse post-World Cup as well, which would be a fantastic pickup, wouldn't it?
2: What a player. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Ireland have been dealt... A bit of a blow with news that veteran scrum half Connor Murray has been ruled out of the rest of the series with a groin injury, was forced from the field in the first half of what was his 100th cap, the, the 1916 win over South Africa, as we've mentioned. Johnny Sexton, uh, Ty Furlow, Robbie Henshaw, Stu McCloskey are uh, still battling niggles, but haven't been completely ruled out of facing Fiji this weekend. Finn Russell has been called up to Scotland's rugby squad as an injury replacement ahead of... Sunday's match against New Zealand, uh, a bit of a reprieve for the Mercurial 5-8, and maybe a bit of an admission of, I might have got that one wrong from Gregor Townsend.
2: I think, but it seems like Tooney wants to say, wants to make sure everyone knows who's boss. And so he's like yeah. teaching kind of less, That's sort of, you know, the headmaster thing. Yeah. Know, I'll teach you who's a boss here. Yeah. I, I'm not there. I'm not here for that. But Finn should have played all these matches.
1: Russell's been summoned after uh, Adam Hastings uh, picked up a head injury during their win over Fiji last weekend. France have called up 15 extra players. They were already running a squad of 42. 15 extra players ahead of the box on, on Saturday, eight of them uncapped. Only oh, <laughs> 15 players on top of 42. That's absurd. It That's really like, matters
2: to them, though. It's I mean, really and obviously full, full teams. these these matches really matter, and uh, it it makes sense to me now. It's a year from the World Cup. It's in yep. their uh, home At country. Home, yes, they yep. need to make a statement. And I think you know the box. I'm well, not gonna not supposed to win in Marseille, but what, what if they did? That would send a lot of yeah. earthquakes to the French. Yeah. Turkey. So I think they're they're approaching this like a like a preview of a yeah. semi final, quarter final. Yeah.
1: And and we touched on it on Sunday morning. Imagine had Australia won last week. Imagine what the box would be in for this week. Oh, that would be something, <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Uh, the box themselves will be without Ludiaga for the test. Uh, May lose him for the rest of the tour yet. After that shoulder injury uh, in Dublin on the weekend, he'll likely be replaced by Franco Mosset. You'd think who came on for him on the weekend and has been probably been probably unlucky to not start more games than he has this year. I think, to be fair, um, and Barbarians coaches Scott Robinson and Ronan O'Gara have named an actually pretty strong team to play at All Blacks 15 at the Tottenham Stadium uh, on Saturday, uh, Sunday. It is actually a really, really good team. Um, it is Kondo Bosch, uh, Joe Marler, Zach Mercer, John Ryan, uh, Aaron Luke Wright Luke Whitelock amongst the forwards, and in the backs, you've got George Bridge, Tawara Kobalo, Dylan Lades, Joe Marchant, Charlie Nartai, Raymond Rule, Teddy Tomar, Iha West, Rhys Webb. It's it's a pretty decent team. I'm, I'm looking
2: forward to seeing Dylan Lades, who I wish was with the box, actually, because he's tearing it up in the front seat. Yeah. Team.
1: Yeah, going, going very, very well. Uh, but, mate, that is it. That is episode 43 of the Raw Rugby Podcast behind us. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials. And do leave us a rating or a review if you've enjoyed the pod and what we've thrown up this year. Another couple of five-star ratings this week. The Boffins again tell us it all helps, everything. And a shout-out to Hugh96, who you can catch on Twitter and who has been giving some outstanding coverage of the Women's World Cup and the the Sevens World Series on the Raw through the year. And he simply said, under a five-star review, always a good listen. Realise there is a lot I don't know about rugby, despite watching it for a long, long time, which... I don't know, Hugh, if you're learning things from us, that maybe speaks more about you than it does about us. Uh, we are, again, in terms of rankings, we are, again, the number one rugby podcast in Australia yet again, and we thank you all for it. We're now charting in 25 separate national rugby charts, top 10 in 12 of them, including a number seven debut in Switzerland, uh, another six in top 20s, another four in top 30. So we're top 30 or better in 22 of 25 rugby charts around the world. And we just thank you all wherever you are for listening as much as you do because it really, really blows us away when we see the charts each week. The Thursday tour Grazie. is back on the site this week and we will be back on Sunday morning Australia time as well with another instant reaction after the Italy test in Florence. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice uh, and ensure every new episode drops Indian notifications as soon as it's live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones every week on the Raw com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Tutto
2: bene,
1: Ciao, Bella.